Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. And I'm Anish Gupta. And we've got a very good episode for you guys this week. We're going to talk about three different things, what the Falcons should do at the quarterback position, whether they should stick with Matt Ryan or go with someone in the draft or some other options we may talk about. Also talking about the teams that have the most to gain and the most to lose this offseason and rounding it out with kind of the big news of this week. Russell Wilson, he didn't request a trade, but he said if he's going to be traded, there are four teams that are on his list. So we're going to rank those four teams based off what we think of them as landing spots for Russell Wilson. But we don't want to hold you guys up. Let's get right to it. Anish, what should the Falcons do at the quarterback position this offseason? Stick with Matt Ryan or draft with someone at four, maybe even trade down and draft someone later, uh, you know, in towards maybe pick nine or 10. What do you think they should do at the quarterback position? So with the Atlanta Falcons, I think they've been stuck in, again, this mediocrity ever since the whole Super Bowl. And I said this, I think one of the first episodes that we ever did, on this podcast, I said that Matt Ryan and Russell Wilson will not go back to a Super Bowl for their respective teams. Now, obviously, it's it wasn't like a oh, like you know, a bold take or anything. I just thought that because you know, mentalities and kind of you know, it's a football's a lot of a mental game, and I think those Super Bowl losses they it, they just haven't really recovered. I I really I haven't seen anything that tells me that right. The Seahawks haven't been to the NFC championship uh, since, and neither have the Falcons. And, you know, aside from that one playoff run right after they've just been in, you know, seven and nine, you know, five win territory. And I think this past season, Matt, the thing with Matt Ryan is he's going to, you know, he throws a lot. I mean, he had, he's led the league in uh, NFL completions the last two years and he led the league in attempts this year and was pretty close last year. So he throws it a lot. Uh, which is why his stats are good. They're a little bit skewed. Again, you know, he'll always go above 4,500 yards. He was my pick for passing leader this year. Uh, He'll throw his touchdowns. He won't throw that many interceptions, but it's not that he's bad or it's not that he's elite. It's just, he's going to throw and he's going to, you know, he's not a bad quarterback at all, but I just don't think he's the guy that can lift the Falcons to where again, that they want to be. So at pick number four, if we were to do a mock draft and there will be some coming up uh, by us, I actually would still have Justin Fields going at number four to Atlanta. And that doesn't mean that Matt Ryan has to go. So I think Justin Fields can maybe redshirt for a year and really learn under Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan, because you get the two sides. So Justin Fields definitely needs to work on his mechanics in the pocket, especially his poise, not always throw it when he's rolling out to the right. Jack and I both did videos on Justin Fields. We'll probably leave the link in the description so you can guys can check them out. But there are just some plays where it's just, you know, he's unbalanced and he loses his cool in the pocket. Matt Ryan is honestly the exact opposite. He's not a type of guy that's going to, you know, do any kind of traverse or off script play like that. He'll get the job done. And I think fields will really improve his pocket awareness and pocket presence under Arthur Smith and uh, Matt Ryan. Arthur Smith did it with Ryan Tannehill even. So I think it would be a really good fit to invest in Justin Fields, but keep Matt Ryan. I think he has a couple years left on his deal, but he is still getting paid a very high annual salary. I think it's, I think it's North of 34 mil. Um, but another thing is with the Falcons, cause I actually do believe in the Falcons next year, uh, for their future. I think they've got some pieces that, you know, are coming in, coming out. Uh, but you know, Calvin Ridley, again, I was, I doubted him coming into the year. I was like, you know, a little bit of a fluke, uh, of his, I think it was a sophomore year in 2019. I thought he wasn't going to do that. Well, he proved me wrong and dropped 1374 yards and nine touchdowns. So that's a guy that you can build around. So that kind of caused the questions of, you know, I know I'm kind of digressing to like the wide receiving core, but I think if you can invest, you know, at the, with the fourth pick, you know, there's obviously defense you can think of offensive line, but I really think Justin Fields can be that guy who takes Atlanta to that next level in the future. Just not right now, because, you know, these quarterbacks give them a year. Right. We saw that with even Lamar Jackson got 10 games off. Patrick Mahomes got a year. Right. Uh, Justin Herbert was slated to be a redshirt guy, but, you know, obviously kind of got set in the fire. So, you know, give him a definitive role. Don't have this whole QB controversy. There really won't be that much with Matt Ryan. I think uh, I think that's the way to go here. Yeah, I think that when you when you talk about the Falcons, we talked about this with the Vikings last week about how, you know, they're not really in a full rebuild, but they're also just not bad enough to be or not good enough to be considered a contender. And I think that like and you answer this question other than Calvin Ridley and maybe Deion Jones, can you name me a young piece on the Falcons that you think like can be there for years to come? 
I can't, unless you think Hayden Hurst is the next coming of Hayden Tony Hurst, Gonzalez, I, mean, I can't. Hayden Hurst was a little disappointing. AJ Terrell wasn't great. No, nope. like there's just there's nothing. Like there's no no youth talent that mm-hmm. the Falcons have to look forward to. And so then you ask the question: Then why do you why would you stick with Matt Ryan? You you're not going to win the division. The Bucks and the Saints will run this division still. Or even if the Saints fall off, the Bucks will be there. And it's not like it, when those two teams fall off, Matt Ryan is going to be the one that's still there to win you that division. You need to get a quarterback in there that once Matt Ryan is done after a year or two more, and then once you know Tom Brady retires and the Bucks have to find a new answer, and right now the Saints have to find a new answer, you need to have a guy there. And I think the guy there has to be drafted at pick four. And yep. I think that Zach Wilson will go at two. I would, I would honestly not be surprised to see someone trade up to three to draft a quarterback, whether that's even the Falcons because they might be scared of that or scared of even the Dolphins taking a quarterback. I really wouldn't be surprised if the Falcons have to either choose a worse option because the top three are gone or trade up one. Um, but I think they have to take a quarterback with their first pick because there's really no point in sticking with Matt Ryan because it just, there's nothing to look forward to having Matt Ryan on your team and the team isn't good enough right now to compete. So if he's not good enough now to compete and they're not good enough to look forward towards the future, then there's no point in having him to be their quarterback for a long term. And that's why they need a, a young option. And it looks like, I know you're about to talk, um, but I just think that they don't have enough young pieces. And since they're not in a rebuild, they need to take the opportunity now to draft that big quarterback, to draft that quarterback, to be the successor to Matt Ryan and even have him, like you said, play under him for a year or maybe compete come in in the middle of the year. But they need to have that in place because a, I don't think they're bad enough to pick it for very often, but they also don't have enough young talent to look forward to in the future. So the thing with the Falcons, right? Like if I were to, so on the draft board, there's always this, you know, comment of do you draft by position or need, or do you draft by best available? Mm -hmm. Now, I think that question comes around like in the tens and the twenties, but you know, if you're a team there, I feel like it kind of gets overridden by a quarterback. And if you're the Falcons, right? Like Jack, if you're the GM, Mm -hmm. are you really going to pass up on, let's say Justin Fields? Right. Cause I think, I don't know if number three, I feel like the dolphins will take probably Sewell or I mean, maybe Slater or even a Jamar chase, but yeah. let's say fields is at four. Would you really, you know, pass up fields for a guy like Micah Parsons or, you know, like, I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't know who you would really say is a bona fide prospect that you would say. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll ask you a converse question off that is one young defensive player enough to fix this Falcons team. No. And a young quarterback is like, yeah, uh, that's it's, it's simple. The chargers were bad. The, or it's, I mean, think about the way the chargers did it. Uh, the chargers were picking and where were they picking at? Were they picking at five, they picking at six. six, six. And you know, chargers aren't a bad team. They weren't, they, they wouldn't pick there very often. So they could have, they could have said, you know what, let's go with, let's go with Derek Brown to man the interior. Let's go with Isaiah Simmons. Maybe we need another linebacker. Um, like they, it's, let's go with CJ Henderson. We need another corner. They didn't, they didn't do that. They realized that they wouldn't be picking here very often. And they picked a quarterback in. they would, they drafted Justin Herbert who has a chance to be a top five quarterback in a couple of years. And so, and turn around their franchise, the Falcons have to realize they're not a team that just needs a, you know, an offensive lineman or they need a receiver or they need a, a corner or a defensive uh, lineman. Like they got to realize they're not that team. And so it's, I like, I like teams that have, you know, the ability to take best player available, like the chiefs, they should take the best player on the board when it comes to their pick, like Agreed. Yep. teams like that, that have the Liberty to draft best player available should. And I think that's, I'm a big believer in that, but the Falcons aren't, I mean, the Falcons no. really aren't because it, it's not really a rebuild, but they have to kind of retool the roster and you do that by getting the quarterback position in place first. And then, then you can go BPA. And they're just not that team right now. And so I think they would need a quarterback, A, because they're not at a liberty to pick BPA, but also because they're not going to get this opportunity very often. Like, Agreed, yeah. I don't think they're going to be down this low again no. for, for you know, a while. And so and the, there's one thing, though, right, with, with Atlanta, and I know it's the whole blowing leads narrative, but, like, can you – in the last four years, has there ever been a game or a moment where you say, wow, Matt Ryan was just – unbelievably great 
No, like, and that's not a knock, right? That's not, again, this is the same thing with kind of Kirk Cousins. Again, that's why you put Matt Ryan and Kirk Cousins in that tier two, you know, two A type of, you know, top uh, 12 to 15 quarterback tier, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that they're bad. It's not that they're insanely elite, but there just hasn't been a moment where I say, okay, Matt Ryan is going to take this Falcons team to back where they needed to be. Because keep in mind, it has been, we are four years removed from that Super Bowl run four years that's it's a lot of time and i just think you know if if it's been similar for the last four years why would it really change right like what what's gonna i'm a believer that you know it's really hard for a quarterback to develop at this age right like you know you've got a few years to develop your mechanics and then really you can have that jump i mean i can't name a quarterback that's had a resurgence at like 35 no uh so you know i again i think fields would be the way to go here again atlanta he was born and raised there He's got a cultural tie there. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great for the city, uh, you know, to have a homegrown talent lead them. Really interesting to see also what they do with Julio Jones. Uh, again, I'm a believer that I just don't know if they should keep him. Is he really worth the 23 mil in annual salary? I, I don't know. Like, uh, you know, I think it's three years, uh, 66 mil, and he's in contract till 2023. Mm-hmm. So that's still two more years. I don't know if it's because I think Calvin Ridley can be a top 10 receiver in a couple years. So, yeah. you, you know, I mean, some people may argue he already is like, yeah, you can make the argument. And, and while we're talking about fields, I, I want to make it apparent that it's not a foregone conclusion that fields will be the picket for also because he might go at two. I mean, fields yeah. might go. We don't know what the NFL team's boards are. Uh, obviously we like Zach Wilson a little bit more, but the Jets yeah. may like Justin Fields a lot more. And so just, you know, it could be any of the options. The Falcons could have Trey Lance that they want to take it for. It could be Zach Wilson. If he's there, it could be Justin Fields. Hell, it could even be Mac Jones. Would you take Trey seen. Lance? No, I, I don't. I am. I, so the way I, I did a Trey Lance scouting report and mm-hmm. what I found was that I think it'll really take the right offense to make Trey Lance good. I, I think, this might seem a little bit rash, but if, if Lamar Jackson was taken by a lot of other different teams, he, I think he would have very easily been a bust. Like mm-hmm. I, I like Lamar. I think he's great, but I think that the situation he came into both with the players around him, the coaches, and also the offense that they built around him, that's what allowed him to succeed. You saw the way he was uh, in his rookie year when the offense was not built for him. They went him. six and one though. I mean, like, you know, he they did, were, he, did the, go the six and one. he was in. Yeah. He didn't look good. I mean, that's why we none of us really believed in Lamar Jackson coming into his second year and then he won MVP because of the system he was in. And I think Trey Lance will be a kind of similar, a similar deal. Uh, I think that it takes the right offense, like an offense like the 49ers or just a team that's willing to build around him and a team that, that like the Falcons where he probably won't even start the first year. They're not going to be focused on building an offense around him. They're no. going to be focused on what they're doing in the year. So I think that that wouldn't be as good of a fit, but Zach Wilson or, uh, Justin Fields, I think are great fits. Even if they like Mac Jones, we've seen everything that's coming out this week that he he'll mm-hmm. probably go in the top 10. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised since quarterbacks overdrafted, but we just, we're talking about Justin Fields, but I want to make it known that it could have been, it could be any one of these guys, uh, whoever they have higher on their board, whoever's there, it, it, it'll be a different thing. But I think that overall, the idea of it is that Matt Ryan is not the future of this team. Um, and really, if you're not drafting for the future, when you're at a, at a point like the Falcons are right now, some other teams can afford to draft for now. The Falcons can't. I mean, the Falcons no, you're need stuck, to draft. You're stuck future. in this dead zone. It, yeah. This is I not their the window. This the is not their window. The quarterback is the way to get out of it, though. Yeah. So, this is not their window. It. But, you know, to move on, uh, the second topic we've got today, which teams have the most to gain and the most to lose this offseason? So, Anish, who do you think has the most to gain this offseason? To kind of talk about this topic, it's, you know, what do they have? Can they sign a lot of free agents? Can they make some big moves to get better going into this year? And then when we talk about the losing, it's obviously, you know, maybe losing some free agents, uh, you know, not a lot of draft picks, and they can fall kind of in the standings and the records and the rankings. But who do you have with the most to gain this offseason? So the team that I have most to gain, it's a team that I've always, you know, kind of liked. Uh, you know, uh, my mom used to go to Charlotte a lot. So it is the Carolina Panthers. Um, and I think with the Panthers, it's, it's not even a question of what, you know, what is that one guy that's going to make a difference. I think it's going to be a combination of things coming back. So you, did you know, I think 11 of their games were decided by one possession or less. So, you know, the, and they actually had uh, one of the most efficient offenses in the last 10 years. So this was the second time in franchise history that they had three receivers over a thousand scrimmage yards. Right. And, you know, obviously add Christian McCaffrey to that next year. It's going to be really good. 
And I think, you know, I'm, there's going to be a video coming out on our channel, uh, channel, what the Panthers should do with the quarterback situation. Um, but I think with what they have right now, there's just so much potential for everyone to kind of get better. And I think, you know, free agency, they don't have to really make any big splash. Obviously we're, we're thinking of a trade uh, at the quarterback position. And I think we all know who I, I personally think Deshaun Watson, that's his best fit at the Carolina Panthers. That's, that's just me. But I think, you know, with a core like, uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, obviously one might go, but just the thought of another year with that. And I think, you know, people finally realized what I was trying to say last year, Teddy Bridgewater, just really, I didn't see anything that said, okay, he can uplift a team. I feel like he was a really kind of a byproduct of uh, Sean Payton system. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, a year removed from that, uh, again, a lot of close game, late game situations that Matt Rule is kind of learning how to adjust to. There were, you know, especially the Chiefs game. Uh, I watched that game end to end. And what kind of struck out to me was just, you know, it was a little bit of uh, aggressive play calling and then a mix of just unquestioned uh, short passes. So it was, you know, just those type of games. I think the most to gain here is, you know, they're releasing some guys, you know, Kawan Short, um, Trey Boston, I think they were uh, moving his contract or fixing it. So they're saving cap space. Obviously, we know who they're trying to get. Uh, but I think even with, I believe they have the eighth pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, so they they can do a lot of things there. It's, I think the biggest thing with the Panthers, and this is why I was trying to, you know, I was initially going to go with the Colts, but they kind of found their answer. I think if they can shore up the QB position, find a guy, you know, and I it would probably have to be someone that's already been in the league. But I really see this team as a playoff contender. I mean, what's not to like about them? Their offense is good. Their offensive line is also developing. Uh, they're going to definitely invest in it in the second or third round. I'm pretty sure of it. Uh, I like their uh, defensive line. We I didn't even mention Brian Burns. and uh, I mean, he could get a segment on his own. The dude is spectacular. Derek Brown really didn't do much, but I think he's finally going to get that. I think he, was, I, he was actually, when I looked deeper into it, he was actually pretty good. Uh, like, he was he was quietly productive as a rookie. Mm -hmm. um, and I think he was a little bit overshadowed by Jeremy Chin. What? Do you think, do you think Quinn Williams type of jump from him? Uh, no, I think they're very, I think they're different players. I, I think yeah. that, I think Brown's kind of more of that, that run stopper. That, uh, Williams is obviously a great run stopper, but I think like Derek Brown's a little bit more of a nose tackle than Quinn mm -hmm. Williams was, but yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see him like just their defense in general. They were so young last year. And it was a kind of a thing that I talked about a lot that, there were going to be some games where it just wasn't going to work out, but with the potential they had, there's going to be games where, you know, everything came together and they were dominant. Yeah. Like you hold the Cardinals to 16. I mean, like, you yeah. know, there were just, there were just those type of games. Like, and, uh, and next year they're like every year that they get a little bit older, there's going to be more of those games. Um, mm -hmm. They've got Jeremy chin. Um, they've got just a ton, ton of great players. Uh, Shaq Jackson. Thompson. I mean, a too, lot of Dante guys, Jackson. Shaq Thompson, all these, a guys. lot of, they have a lot of boomer bust guys on their defense, but the more that they age and the more that they, you know, get a little bit more experienced, the amount of games where it all comes together will increase every year. Mm -hmm. um, and so adding a couple of pieces, I definitely agree with you that they have a lot to gain, but I didn't think it was the most to gain. Actually, the, if you don't mind me going, the team that I think has the most to gain this off season is the Miami dolphins um, because their, their last season was great. They were great last season, uh, obviously missed out on the playoffs, but really I think they make the playoffs either way this year but this offseason can really catapult them into being contenders because, you know, obviously with the quarterback position, I'm not a fan of Tua. So if they decide to go with a different quarterback, move on from Tua, they have a lot to gain there, but also they have a, they have a good amount of money. They've got a lot of draft picks, especially with number three, they have so much versatility and mm -hmm. different options they can go with, with that pick. If uh, Cincinnati wants to trade up, if someone wants to trade up for a quarterback, like we mentioned before, they really, I think, you know, you could say that they control the draft, you could really say that and yeah. and they have they've got i think it's three and i think they have pick 18 if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah three and 18 i think they I have mean, five picks in the th first three rounds if i'm not i mean mistaken. that sounds that sounds about correct and and they can they can grab two uh, like elite not elite level prospects they can grab two great prospects at three and 18 um and look they can i just feel like they have so much that they can improve on because of how they set them up set themselves up in the past and especially with that little bit of like a hint that they could do something at the quarterback position, just a, a lot to gain. And I think that they, they were really close this year. And this is the offseason I think pushes them over. Um, I'm trying to think of like key free agents. I think that could go to Miami. Um, 
Allen Robinson potentially. Allen Robinson uh, or one of the receivers. I feel like one of the free agent receivers will find a home in Miami. I think maybe you have a Corey Davis or Allen Robinson or Galladay if he hits the market or yep. Juju if he hits the market. Um, also, you uh, you know some draft prospects. They can they really can control whoever they want to take at three or trade down. They could take Sewell or Slater. They could take Chase or Smith. They could trade down and and draft some other guys. And then at 18, uh, you could draft JOK, the linebacker from Notre Dame. They could take uh, – I don't think they'll take a corner. Could you imagine could, if Jalen Waddle fell to them at 18 and they Jay, took I mean, it, it's, it's possible. That or would they, be. Or if they want to trade up, like – that's the thing. They control They control a lot of the draft, so they have so much to gain, in my opinion. But the thing is, if – okay, so for the Dolphins, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, I was a huge believer in Brian Flores and this defense coming into the year. I thought, again, how they finished uh, prior 2019, I thought they could carry it over. Mm-hmm. Now, with the Dolphins, it's do you really see two – so I think they should give two of that second year. Yeah. I'm always a believer in uh, – you know, giving a young quarterback a little, a full year of, yeah. you know, really believing in him, but can he really up put, push them up into that upper echelon of the AFC? Well, I don't think so. Oh, I haven't, right? I haven't so, thought so since the draft. I, I was yeah, so not a fan of, not a fan. It's, it's so, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways here because I think that the defense is only going to get better again. Like I think most of their uh, great players are under the age of 29. So mm-hmm. they've got a lot of pieces down there and it's, it's not even big names, obviously Xavier and Howard, you could throw out. Uh, but, you know, again, like guys like Kyle Van Noy, Jerome Baker, right? Like guys that you won't, you know, won't mm-hmm. uh, dazzle you on the stat sheet, but they get the job done. And I think Brian Flores is the key to that. Yeah. Right. Uh, he was a coach of the year candidate. And I think he's only going to make this defense better. Now the offense is where obviously, like you said, yeah they need to really invest in because they don't have a surefire running back either. So, yeah. you know, I think, that, I think that's when I was talking about free agents or even in the draft, like they're going to get their franchise running back this year. Either they'll, oh, I think they'll maybe overpay for a guy like Aaron Jones or they'll draft an Harris early. Like they will have a new starting running back when it comes into next year. And I'm not a huge fan of the running back position, but it's a way to make that offense just a little bit more explosive at least, um, which I just think it really wasn't last year. But I think that they're building a culture similar to the Buffalo Bills. Oh, and, I was I was literally going to throw that at you. Yeah. But one thing the Buffalo Bills never had was this many draft picks. And so they can, I mean, like they're kind of following that formula or even the Patriots formula a little bit of having role players and having, you know, not the biggest names, uh, but, you know, having guys just do their job. But one, but I mean, the Bills and the Patriots never had as many draft picks uh, as the Dolphins do, which is that why is I think true. they have so much to gain. I mean, this screams literally, this literally screams 2019 bills. This was the year yeah. they went 10 and six, right. Mm-hmm. Fell uh, just short of the division to the Pats. Right. So, you know, the dolphins kind of have their father of the division in Buffalo, which seems very, sounds very weird you yeah, know, to know. say right now, but I mean, you know, I think they're the surefire right now, the second team, best team in the AFC East. Yep. And it just really scream, you know, to a, uh, kind of getting there, winning those games. He's not going to like, you, you know, as much of a Josh Allen fan, I, I was, he wasn't, you know, carrying that team. He was getting the job done. So yeah. it comes down to can Tua do it and can he elevate his game in the playoffs? That is also going to be a very big question if obviously they can make it. Mm-hmm. But I think in a very competitive AFC, this team should be definitely in your top five to six teams. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, they, like you said, Jack, free agency or draft, they can push themselves up uh, kind of like how the Bills did uh, this previous year. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, who do you think has the most to lose this offseason? Or actually, wait, before we get to that, some teams I considered uh, for, you know, who had the most to gain. I consider the Jaguars, obviously, by adding Trevor Lawrence and having another pick, too, and some money in free agency. I also considered the Jets just because they also have two first-round picks and they have a ton of money to burn. Um, and with Robert Sala, maybe a lot of guys want to come play for him. They, those are two teams I considered. Did you have any kind of honorable mentions for that, niche? I was thinking of the Cardinals, but I thought, you know, again, and a little bit more time was what they kind of needed. Uh, mm. the, the Cardinals was one, you know, I actually didn't even throw this out to you, but maybe the Bengals with uh, a little uh, a free agency and draft, how much they could gain through that. Especially so with the offensive probably line. Two, yeah, so those were probably my two teams that I was kind of considering, but uh, nowhere close to, I think, Carolina, in my opinion, just out of those three. But mm-hmm. again, the Jags is definitely one to consider, and obviously your New York Jets, so. <laughs> I, I had to throw it in there. You know I did. But I actually believe it, too. Not just bias. <laughs> so Stop laughing. I, just give me the team that you think has the most to lose. <laughs> All right. So this one's kind of ironic. Now, um, you know, I'm not a Niners fan or anything like that, but we, we live in this area and Seahawks fans are hated. 
But I think the Seahawks really, they've, they've been in this tier, right? For the last 10 years, they've probably been one of the best teams, top three teams in the NFC uh, over the last decade. Uh, it's been nothing short of excellent. Um, you know, they won a Super Bowl. But there's just so much that they can go down from here. Like, you know, there's really, again, I have never viewed this team since that Super Bowl loss to New England as a surefire Super Bowl bet. It was always in that team, right? You know, uh, you know how Colin Coward does a Super Bowl bubble. It's they're always like there, mm-hmm. but they never, they never. You just kind of know. You just kind of exactly. know it's not going to happen. Yeah, they they never screamed. You know. Super Bowl, uh, like bound, they never screamed that to me at all for the last five years. I just haven't, you know, they were like, for example, against the Packers last year, I really didn't believe that they could, uh, pull it off. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they beat Philly, uh, it was the injured the year when Carson Wentz got out first, like, you know, they were just, they never screamed that to me. And I think from right now they're kind of in cap trouble. Uh, and I think there's so much dysfunction that's starting to come out with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. And people don't realize this, but this happened with New England with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And I think this was kind of three years prior, 2017, when Jimmy Garoppolo started. This was the year he went, I believe, it was a year after he went three and one, right? When Brady got suspended. And people were saying, oh, okay, maybe he can actually lead this team. Belichick believed it, Kraft didn't. Brady side, Kraft sided with Brady. Obviously Garoppolo gets traded. You know the story. And then three years later, obviously, I think the feud just kind of arose and I think Brady said, okay, I'm kind of done. So I think this is kind of happening with Seattle, right? I feel like the whole Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll saga, it was, it was kept very disclosed, but people, people or sorry, kept very closed. People really didn't know it. And I think it's finally starting to come out. And that's, that's huge for the locker room because now it's like, okay, Pete Carroll's always been trying to control it. People say he's a people's person, but now when this comes out, right? okay, how are we, like, you know, now I think this causes some dysfunction in the team. Again, defensively, they showed limits. They, I mean, you know, they had their potential with Jamal Adams and Carlos Dunlap, but they have shown their limits in the back end. And I think, you know, Bobby Wagner is not getting any younger. Uh, so, you know, it's, I think the defense also is going to take an, maybe a step back potentially, unless obviously they invest in free agency in the draft. But the offensive line, there just hasn't been, you know, anything that's, uh been good there and I think again with the dysfunction that happened with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll I think that's gonna that's just gonna trinkle over them and I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender next year and I think only way to go is down I can't see them really elevating themselves in the next offseason so you think that like even if Russell Wilson doesn't get traded they still like can lose a lot this offseason just because of their relationships there I I would agree with that I think that We'll get into it more uh, with when we talk about Russell Wilson to round out this episode. But uh, I love Pete Carroll, but he just hasn't been able to adapt. Like he doesn't nope. adapt to the modern game. And yep. I remember seeing something that it was a contrast between Brady going into Belichick's office and, you know, helping the team uh, help, like giving ideas for the game plan for the weekend. Belichick was listening and Russell Wilson, it just, it doesn't work like that in Seattle. He, he isn't allowed to you know influence what they do and i think it's because they're just not able i'm to getting adapt. 2018 packers okay I'm, i don't know why i'm doing these weird team comparisons but i'm getting this you know aaron Rodgers, mike mccarthy type of vibe when, yeah. in 2018 when his offense like you said it's just not catching up and i think mm-hmm. you know it finally caught up to them in 2018 with uh, green bay he leaves new coach and i i mean i've and been saying Pete Carroll should be on the hot seat for the last one and a half years so i think i think he should have been fired this offseason as much as i love yeah. him i think it just you got to adapt. I mean, that's what the mm-hmm. NFL is. It's all about adapting. Agreed. And they just don't let Russell do that. Um, but the team I think has the most to lose is actually the Chicago Bears, mostly because they can lose. I mean, one of the best free agents um, and one of the best players on the Chicago roster will most likely leave in free agency because of the fractured relationship they have there. But the reason they have the most to lose is because they they really don't know what they have at the quarterback position, and they have such a big opportunity this offseason to either trade up and draft a quarterback, a good one this time, not Mitchell Trubisky, or <laughs> to trade for a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, or possibly you know draft a guy, or not draft a guy, sign a guy like Dak Prescott. But the reason they have the most to lose is because they can also come out of that by re-signing Mitch Trubisky and not doing anything else, or re-signing someone not that good like a Teddy Bridgewater. Like they're, They have a lot to lose just because... If when I say that, it's kind of like if they miss the opportunity, they will have lost the most this offseason because this is they need to go now. Like they I don't know if their window is like fair. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if their window is like open right now, but this is the most it's going to get for like I feel like if once this small window closes, 
Like, I don't, I don't see much of a future there There's right now. There's time, in though, right? So, I think with, you know, we kind of do know that the Green Bay Packers are kind of the kings of the NFC North for at least mm-hmm. another two years. And I think we brought this up with the Vikings segment last week. You know, when Aaron Rodgers retires, it's going to be a wide-open NFC North. And I think, obviously, the Bears and the Vikings would obviously be more suited to try and take the throne. And you're not right. A, I mean, that's I what I'm saying. Think, not if they don't have that quarterback yeah, and I, I that no way they bring back to like they shouldn't. I mean, like even if they have to resort to someone else, like, you know, you can still try and, you know, pursue a Jameis Winston, maybe in a trade or something, if the saints do something, you know, but also would you be mad at a Kyle Trask or Mac Jones? I mean, I, I, I like Mac Jones. I, I think, see, like, I think Kyle Trask is a cop out. Like, I don't think if they don't get, I will say that they lost the most this offseason if they don't get Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, or one of the or the top or one of the top four draft prospects. If they don't, so you're saying Trey Lance, Fields, or Wilson? Because obviously Trevor Lawrence. Or yeah, yeah. Or no, Jackson. sorry, I meant the the four after uh, after after Lawrence. So it would be mm-hmm. Joe or uh, not Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or Trey Lance. If they don't get mm-hmm. one of those four guys and they don't trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or they don't sign Dak Prescott they lost the most. I mean, that that's the biggest flaw or fail this off season because really like say even in two years, in two years, when, when Rogers retires, what is there right now with yeah, the Chicago right. Bears? Like stuck in Roquan, sure, Roquan Smith, Darnell Mooney looks like he's probably going to be good. David Montgomery looks like he can be like serviceable to above average. Been, no, no, he was great though. He was, he was, year. I don't know if I would say, like, I just don't see like great in his future. I think good and definitely above average Khalil Max is aging. Akeem Hicks is aging. Kyle Fuller is aging. Roquan Smith is kind of Eddie like, Jackson. Like, yeah, like Eddie Jackson and Roquan Smith are the kind of the two guys that you point, put your finger on and say, okay, yeah, them, but really like their window is now. And it's, it's mm-hmm. not even like a wide open window, but it's not a, they either need to do something to win in this window or open their window in the future. And Agreed, that's why yeah. I think they have the most to lose because if they don't do that, then really they're going to fall off the table again. And with the opportunity yeah. they have this season, if with or this offseason getting a quarterback, if they don't do that, they lose. And if they don't resign Allen Robinson, they lose. They have some other free agents that aren't as important, but it's just they need to do something. And really what we've seen with the bears, with the quarterback position, they just haven't recently. They have never, they have never had that, you know, franchise cornerstone. Really they haven't. And I think they, they they could turn it around. They really could turn it around this off season, but if they don't, they're stuck again, they're stuck in this whole mediocrity. Like I've been saying with, you know, the Vikings and even the Falcons. I mean, just there's never, and in fact, they really haven't, you know, in the last 10 years, they've never been the bottom of the NFL. Obviously that one year where they had, uh, uh, where they took Trubisky, that was that one bad year. But um, really, you know, even in uh, the 2000s, just they were never bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And they were never, but, you know, there were some years that they were good. But just, I think, you know, six playoff appearances in 20 years, you're not going to get anything better uh, from the Bears right now. But, I, th- you know, can I don't think they, I don't, even if they get a top tier QB, does that make them a Super Bowl contender? I don't know. No, but like, that's why, that's why you need, I mean, all those quarterbacks that we talked about will, yeah, they you need to tell themselves to be Super Bowl contenders for a couple of years at least, or so longer. Would you, would you bank on a free a, a guy in free agency, or would you rather have a top four prospect? I would, I would take the prospect. That's I think if opinion. I had to rank kind of the options, I think I would, I would go. I think I would go. I mean, trade. Deshaun Watson first, obviously. Like, tra- like if they could get Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, that's the first kind of tier, and then right there in second, I would say drafting a guy, mm-hmm. and then but. And then maybe signing a Dak Prescott if he hits the yeah. market even. But I think that number two, like having the draft at number two is interesting because they're still going to have to trade up. I, I mm-hmm. am of the belief that the five best quarterbacks will be gone by their pick or earlier. So they would have by to 20. trade up. But yeah, mm-hmm. by 20. I think I think really they're all going to go top 15. Like I think you're going to see five quarterbacks in the top 15, if not maybe even the top 10. But wow. That, I, no, I have never seen that. Like, but, you know, but every year, and it's getting worse, quarterbacks are being overdrafted because it's the most important position, and, and you need a good quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And so if the Bears don't at least make an effort to get that, if they just sign a Teddy Bridgewater to be their, like, yeah, holdover stuck, quarterback. Like, You're right, fair. They, they, yeah. You know how you get out of that level of mediocrity? 
you get that quarterback. Like you, you get you take a chance, franchise quarterback. And if they yep. don't take a chance, they've lost the most. And honestly, if it comes down to it where they take a chance and they get another Mitchell Trubisky, they lost the most too. So mm-hmm. that's what I think. But we were talking about Russell Wilson. And so it's kind of a good time to get into the final segment of this episode, ranking the Russell Wilson landing spots. For those of you who don't know, the four teams that Russell Wilson put on his list where he would, if he's going to be traded, where he would want to be traded. You have the New Orleans Saints, you have the Dallas Cowboys, you have the Las Vegas Raiders, and you have the Chicago Bears who we just talked about. And so me and Anish offline, we sat down and we made our list of, you know, how we would rank the landing spots. So let's go down, Anish, from four to one. You start us off uh, at four with New Orleans Saints. Tell us or, you know, tell our listeners, you know, why we had them at four. So quick note before we made this list, I think we did a combination of fit and also just how uh, how badly you know, they would need a quarterback. So, you know, fit both ways. So fit and how they would be able to get him. Uh, like exactly you know, if they could yeah. give up enough in trade salary cap room, all that stuff, it was a combination. Exactly. So the fourth team is actually the new Orleans saints, because I think, you know, Jack did a video on again, addressing the saints quarterback situation. And I think with the saints, I, with Jameis Winston, I'm fine with him leading it. So, you know, you don't really need to go all out, but obviously Russell Wilson has expressed interest and, you know, why wouldn't he? The Saints still have a good offensive line. They still have good weapons in Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Uh, you know, Traquan Smith also had some flashes, same with Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but, you know, again, I would say the offensive line is great. The defensive line is great. And yes, the cap trouble is going to start to hit, but you won't really lose uh, pieces on the offensive line because most of them are secured. And, uh, you know, again, like Aaron McCoy, young piece. Uh, Toronto Armstead is still pretty young. So, you know, they're not losing much there. And I think Russell Wilson is okay with that. Like you, if you look at the common theme between these four teams, you know, it's kind of just supporting cast or at least teams that are quote unquote quarterback away, but the saints aren't, you know, I like, I think, you know, that was also a team I was thinking of for most to lose because I just don't think they're going to get back to the tier that they were from 2017 to even 2020. Uh, I think they will take a little bit of a step back. It's hard for me to believe that Jameis Winston can take this team and go far. But again, with Russell Wilson, Again, fit for the Saints, this would be amazing as of mm-hmm. going into next year. Yeah. Just the problem would be in the next five years. Honestly, you would see another parallel with Seattle, just unable to attain, you know, free agents or getting anyone big. In the draft, they haven't really hit on anything recently. Oh, I think they've been pretty – I mean, the Saints have I mean, been, they've been pretty okay, good in the draft. You know, with respect to their pick, but they haven't had any uh, any look of those game-changing players. But Because, you know, since with Seattle – I think since about the, when they took Alvin Kamara. Like, I feel like since exactly. then, I guess, yeah, you could argue that. But, uh, you know, not to say they have, haven't been drafting. They've a lot better than Seattle, for sure. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, the reason why we put them fourth is right now the Saints wouldn't be willing to go all out. And who could they potentially give, right, with the, with the cap struggle that they're, uh, they're kind of in? I know it would kind of help them, but taking on Russell Wilson's contract is also something that they need to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take, I mean, they, they're in cap hell if, like, they're, I mean, honestly, like, if here's earth and here's hell, like they're, they're a step below that. <laughs> they're, like they're, they're just, it's, and, and they, they're down and they always find a way to figure it out. But adding Russell Wilson's contract to that, that just makes it even tougher. And I feel like, yes, they have a lot of good pieces, but will they want to, with the way they're, with the way they are right now, like, are they going to go completely all in and trade the first round picks for the next four years or three years to get Russell Wilson? No I think, way. No I just, way. I just didn't see them doing it. And also, you know, you have to factor in that that division is, is going to be really tough for years to come. Obviously right now, Tom Brady's there, but like we said earlier, the Panthers are retooling and the saints, I feel like they either win a super bowl this year or they, or actually, honestly, you could have even argued that last year that like they either won one last year or they were just going to fall off because it's tough to, it's tough to kind of maintain that level for for so long for so long and the saints have done it for so long but you're kind of coming to that tail end of that where you're running out of money you've done so many restructures and it's kind of just all hitting you at one time and that's really what's happening with the saints yep so the money was kind of the big reason but also you know we didn't think they would go completely all out and give up everything like a team like the chicago bears who we have coming in at three and the reason that i think chicago is ahead of new orleans is it's just they have a little bit more cap space. Obviously, the Saints are terrible uh, in cap space wise. And so the, the Bears have a little bit more options there. And we think that, you know, it's a little bit younger there. Uh, or, eh, I don't know. I think it's more like <laughs> they have they have room for him. 
like they're able to have room for him in salary cap. They're able to trade away. I think a little bit more, uh, they'll be a little bit more willing to trade away. And also I think they need him more. Like when it comes yeah. down to it, yeah. I think Chicago needs new Orleans more. So I think it was close for them uh, being at three and four, but I think that just the need that they had for a quarterback outweighs the need that the saints have. Uh, so anyways, you can talk about it more, but that's at least why I thought they should come in at number three. Yeah, so we initially had him four, but I think what pushed me to put put them over was I think that it was a little bit narrative-based because Chicago is starving for a quarterback. I mean, I've, I've said this for so long. Just they've been – you know, they're a historic franchise. They've got 30 Hall of Famers, but they've never had – I mean, it's just crazy to believe in 100 years. I mean, maybe besides Sammy Baugh. I don't even I don't even know if you I think he played for them, but like just I don't know. They've haven't had that franchise cornerstone in the quarterback position ever. And I think, you know, getting a Russell Wilson, they will definitely try. Uh, you know, someone actually mentioned uh, you know, an offer to me of Mitch Trubisky, Khalil Mack in a first round pick. And I I actually laughed at it. I don't even think that's close to enough. No. Nope. Uh Nowhere close. I mean, take Mr. Trubisky out. That like, you know, I, I think Khalil Mack and at least two first rounders in a second. Like that, maybe I think that's take at least. I, I don't think. I think you need even more first rounders than that. Really, Mac Khalil Mack and more three. I like really do. it's just yeah. like you know, it, get. But the thing is to get a potential guy like that, right? Think about yeah. it. If they get him early, it could incentivize Allen Robinson to stay. The defense would still be pretty good with a decent a defensive line. You know, Bilal Nichols also emerged last year. We didn't mention him previously. You know, uh, like you said, Roquan Smith is great. Their secondary is still pretty good. Jalen Johnson had some flashes too. Just, but to get that guy, it, it's it's so, you know, they will worship him there in Chicago. I mean, I've talked to Bears fans. They're starving for a guy there. And also, you know, like you mentioned, Jack, I know the NFC North, it's kind of run by Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, Russell Wilson would put up a fight. And I think, and, you know, this would be the most talented quarterback that Chicago's had. And I think Matt Nagy, we haven't seen him with a talented guy. So, you know, he was able to get a Pro Bowl here out of Mr. Trubisky. And I know he's been stagnant this year, definitely had some downs, but give him a guy with like Russell Wilson and then really see what he can do. I mean, you know, he was the coach of the year for the reason. So that would be a really good move by Ryan Pace if he can get it. And again, I think the reason why we put him at three was just that kind of need for him and that narrative. Yeah. Um, and, and number two, uh, we have the Dallas Cowboys, meaning that number one is the Las Vegas Raiders. Anish, I'll take the Cowboys. You can explain the Raiders a little bit more why we had them at one. But the reason that we had the Dallas Cowboys at two, I think for us, it was kind of Las Vegas one. And then the other three, we kind of had to sort out. Yeah. And uh, Anish, will talk about that more. But I think Dallas, the reason that they come in above New Orleans and Chicago is just because of the division. Like yeah. Russell Wilson can go there. And he automatically, like automatically wins that division. And that's something that he's never had before really in the NFC West because it's always been competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was the Cardinals with Carson Palmer sometimes. It was the Niners, like, and even the Rams a couple years ago. But he would automatically win the NFC East. And they aren't really committing, I don't think, to a run game anymore under Mike McCarthy. They've got a ton of great weapons and uh, in, in a pretty good offensive line when they're healthy. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Lael Collins, like, it's a great offensive line there when it's healthy. Um, and I think that just the surplus of weapons and the coaching there, like I feel like Mike McCarthy and the way that they're just kind of committed to throwing the ball a lot and with the receivers they have, it just seems like a, a better fit for what Russell Wilson wants right now. Because I mean, you got, if, if you're him, he's definitely been upset about the way that the Seahawks consistently just commit to running the ball more. Even they said that this off season, that's probably what ticked him off too. But just the fact he hasn't had an offensive line that can pass protect as well. And because the coaching staff has always been a little bit more, you know, I guess willing to run the ball over throwing the ball, Dallas just kind of fit in as that that second best fit for us. And also the ability to automatically win a division and kind of clinch that playoff spot almost before the season even starts was very appealing for him to go to Dallas. Yeah, I mean, couldn't have said it better. I think to, to have the ability to kind of lock up a division, it's so hard to do in the NFL. I mean, we've only really seen it in the AFC East. Uh, even the AFC North's been back and forth with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I mean, I can go on and on. But, like, you know, to have this in the NFC East that has been consistently wide open for the last 20 years, 
Uh, just it would be really something special. And again, Dallas, you know, icon, like they say, right, you know, point guard for the Lakers, quarterback for the Cowboys, pitcher for the Yankees. Those are the kind of the three, you know, American position. I, people always say that. And I think he would be in a really good uh, place there. And I think Mike McCarthy will finally give him the keys. I think you learned that with Aaron Rodgers over time. Um, they were giving the keys to Dak Prescott, right? We all remember that. And uh, he was throwing it a lot. He was going to lead the league in uh, attempts and completions like by a long shot. Uh, his pace, on-pace passing was insane. Uh, but I'll talk about the number one spot, and that is the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I know some people will be kind of iffy on it. My thing with the Raiders was they have the offensive line. Uh, their weapons aren't bad. I mean, Darren Waller is probably the best, uh, one of the best you know, weapons he would actually ever have, in my opinion. Uh, I Obviously, you know, you could throw out DK Metcalf, but, you know, again, Darren Waller's been really good, and I think Russell Wilson could even elevate him more. I think the gap between him and uh, Kelsey and Kittle is slowly decreasing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that defense, no, it's not the best, but I think the reason why I put this, and I actually didn't even tell Jack this, when I watched uh, Russell Wilson's Gruden camp, uh, I watched mm-hmm. actually it, you know, it – I don't know why, but that one in particular, they just voted so well together, just the way they were conversing. And actually, I remember John Gruden talking about Russell Wilson's college losses Mm -hmm. and how it kind of affected him. Well, what has he had in the NFL? One of the most heartbreaking losses in sports history. So I think, like I said, it's a psychological barrier. I think that he is still yet to overcome. And I think John Gruden would really help with that. And I think it would also give John Gruden a chance to, you know, he is the 10 million, a hundred million dollar man. So I think this would, again, Derek Carr isn't bad and he's, he's pretty good, but I just don't think ever since that 2016 year, I just don't think he's going to lead a team anywhere at far. And I think if you put Russell Wilson in that AFC West, he's going to compete with Patrick Mahomes. Again, that offensive line is really, really good. I think they max protect better than anybody, especially with their running backs. So I think, you know, give him that uh, with Las Vegas. And then, you know, it will take a lot of capital, but that's something that they have. Uh, you know, obviously uh, they got some from uh, Chicago. They just got kind of out of that deal with uh, all the compensation that they had, but still have a lot of draft capital that they can give. They have some talented players that they can also offer. I would say maybe Corey Littleton might be on the move Uh maybe a pass rusher like Cleveland Farrell or something. Uh, but obviously we'll take more than three first round picks. I think that's the bare minimum for yeah. a guy like Russell Wilson. So uh, I just think the fit also with Las Vegas, it would, it would be really good for uh, you know, a new, t- a new city. Uh, and I think Russell Wilson could really uplift this team. And w- let's say he goes there, right. I'll ask mm-hmm. you this. Are the chiefs a surefire bet to win the AFC West? Yeah, I still think they are. Um, really? But I, but I, I, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't say so. Any other year, I feel like, yeah, but just knowing that that they are coming off this Super Bowl loss, that kind of just yeah, okay, it kind of punched them in the mouth. Like really, like we don't know yet about the Chiefs. We're gonna have to see. Which is why I was like, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how they handle this, uh, because you know it could. We've said before, it kind of has that parallel to the Seahawks' loss uh, to the to the Patriots. Um, So we we got to see how that plays out, but. I mean, just imagining an offense with Russell Wilson at quarterback behind the Raiders O-line, sometimes yep. handing off to Josh Jacobs, sometimes throwing it where he's got Darren Waller. He's got Henry Ruggs on the outside playing that Tyler Lockett role, but even faster. Uh, Henry or Hunter Renfro in the slot. Nelson Aguilar, if they bring him back or someone, if they draft like that offense will be great. Plus John Gruden as his coach, who I feel like is maybe he's a people's coach more than Pete Carroll is. Oh, I just no feel doubt. like, like the way he can connect with players. And I feel like he would just him and Russell Wilson would be such a good combination and they'll figure out the defense eventually. And even if they don't, I mean, I feel like they would easily still be a what playoff team. With? I mean, mm-hmm. even if they don't figure out the defense, is it, is it really much worse than Seattle? Like I think it's a great fit, which is why we obviously had them at one. Um, but if you guys are watching this on YouTube after we want to know down in the comment section, what you guys think, who you think is the best fit. We think it's Las Vegas. Um, but Anish, one last question, like, is there a team outside of these four that, yeah, Russell Wilson doesn't have on their list, but you think could make their way onto the list? I mean, you know, I would probably throw out the Panthers off, off rip off the top of my head. Um, but you know, there, there isn't really a team that's like starving for a QB besides those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could throw out Miami. I mean, yeah. you know, with, like I said, right. Like to, we've been kind of talking about it, you know, what mm-hmm. if they go in a different direction? 
that would be a guy to go. Yeah, in a I mean, like this. With. I mean, think about it this way: you 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 do a trade that's you have all those first rounders later in the year, but you throw Tua there and you throw the third pick, and there you go. There's your the new quarterback to replace Russell Wilson, who will be a lot more happy to be there. Um, and you've got your next tackle in Penny Sewell. Like, I mean, also, and they solve a lot of problems. Too. Uh, if you don't mind, one more yeah. team, Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it would be an interesting one, but yeah. they, their offensive line is still going to be good. Obviously, they'll need a new center now that Pouncey retired. But uh, again, decent talent around, and that defense is probably the best defense that Russell Wilson has played with since the Legion of Boom in maybe 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it would be a really interesting fit, too. Uh, the AFC North would be a mm-hmm. absolute bloodbath oh my if you were to go there. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't want it. Trust me, as a as a Browns fan, but I think those are probably two teams that I would throw out there: the Dolphins and the Steelers. Uh, I mean, any team that you would uh, particularly say? I, you know what? I don't really know. And I think with with Russell Wilson, I if I'm him, I want to stay in the NFC. And if I'm and honestly, if I'm any free agent, if I'm any quarterback, any player that wants to be traded away, I want to go to the NFC because it's. I feel like right now it's going to be so much easier to win a Super Bowl coming out of the NFC than the AFC. Just think about how many great teams and you know contenders there are on the AFC and how much mm-hmm. of a bloodbath yeah. the AFC That's will fair. be in general. So I think that a team, I think like hopefully I, I I would think players are kind of coming around to that too. But I feel like an NFC team is a little bit more appealing than than a lot of AFC teams. Um, you know, teams obviously that are going to draft a quarterback uh, early up, like you talked about the the Panthers, maybe even the Jets or. Uh, maybe a team like Washington, if they Washington, want to make I was that trade. Just throw that out. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just like Dallas, where that's an automatic division win. I just don't yep. think they have the offensive line that Dallas does. So they mm-hmm. would probably like if it was the same deal, he'd pick Dallas. Um, but there's a lot of teams, and every team should kind of call them up and, and see. Obviously, I think he's already been called teams. by half the league. So yeah. So hopefully they don't become like the Texans and just you know cut the phone lines and just don't pick up the phone when people want to call about Deshaun Watson. So they have to leave <laughs> voicemails. It was it was funny seeing that, but don't don't forget about this talk because you know this this is going to be a long-lasting thing even if it doesn't happen this year next year we will have these same rumors i i guarantee you if he's not traded and they don't win a super bowl then there will be these same talks next year we'll probably have another episode doing the same thing um (laughs) but you know down in the comment section if you guys are watching on youtube let us know and you know for all you podcast listeners thank you guys so much for following along this episode we had a blast making it again we'll be back to you guys next week uh Shrika will be back on the episode um and you know we'll have a blast with that one too let us know uh down at our instagram our twitter and our youtube we'll, we'll put things up that you guys can actually let us know what topics you want to hear about uh we try to do that every week and see if we can find a way to move what you guys say into the episodes because we want to appeal to you guys and talk about what you guys want to hear so make sure you keep an eye out for that before next week's episode thank you guys so much for listening if you're listening on apple podcasts please uh you know subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the episode same thing on Spotify. But thank you guys so much for listening. We've been the Cold Heart Truth and we will see you next time.